0: Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb,
0: and I'm Julie Douglas.
1: And today we're going to devote some time to uh, a question we received from a listener by the name of Oscar. That's uh, right. Yeah, we yeah. can't see his last name for privacy reasons, uh, which <laughs> which is interesting because this whole podcast is going to be about the idea of privacy. What is it? Does it exist? Is it an illusion? Is it dead? Uh, you know, all the various. Do we
0: care too much about privacy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Oscar, a long time listener, brought this up and he sent us a really very thought provoking long email about this. So we won't read the entire email, but just to kind of get this conversation kickstarted. Um, and for a context, we'll just read a little bit. Um, his email says, I just listened to the Eat Popcorn podcast and I was glad of how it moved from the subliminal messaging to the privacy issue. Um, in the podcast, Julie expresses concern of how she feels that she is giving away too much of her personal information to vendors and in general to the world out there. That makes me ask, why are people so paranoid about sharing information? I understand that in the past, the security and responsibility of your information lied with the individuals. If I moved across the sea and upon arrival said my name was John Doe, they would have no choice, no other choice than to believe that I was John Doe and start gathering information from there. But, and this is a big but, I mean font size 100 plus. We are living in this so-called era of information. Information is not only power, it is becoming part of the basic structure of our civilization. I'll admit that as a civilization, we are still learning how to deal with it, how to process it, how to use this new power we just got. But that is the whole point. We need to admit to the fact that we need training and upgrade, if you will.
1: Hmm. I love the point about crossing an ocean and changing your name because I, I, that's one thing that instantly comes to mind with all these, the more we're, we're, you know, logged into these different accounts and we mm-hmm. have all these, you know, we have identification numbers and the government knows where we are and the state government knows where we are that you can't just, you know, do, pull a Don Draper and just right. walk up somewhere else and declare yourself a, a new person. Which is which is an attractive idea. Everybody loves the idea of being able to start over to be able the idea of just getting in your vehicle and like just driving and just wherever it takes you, you're going to wind up.
0: Well, think about our ancestors, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Many of our ancestors here in the United States had that experience. I mean, I can can tell you two different um, relatives that changed their name upon arrival to the United States, um, you know, for political um, reasons, so on and so forth. So. Yeah, I mean, we don't have that. I guess you could call it a luxury, even though th- those were pretty hard times, and yeah. <laughs> people were uh, escaping very um, horrible circumstances in order to to attain a new identity.
1: Yeah, because I mean, we're we're broadcasting from Georgia, where you know all the really you know hardcore Georgians you know descended from people who came over on the sex criminal boats. So, uh, <laughs> and I know we have Australian listeners out there. You, you know, it's it's like I, I imagine it's the same thing there. There's there's this sense of going to a new pl- any kind of frontier or colony mm-hmm. environment you know people went there and they might have had kind of a crappy past but they were able to start over and then if they screwed up again they just needed to move further out into the wilds and uh, and just can- as many start do-overs as you need till you get it right
0: Right. They didn't have all this looming information out there about right. what they just ate or what they just spent money on or, uh, yeah, they're, they're criminal records. Yeah. Essentially. Um, so it made me, it, I think it's just a very intriguing question. It made me think, is, is, is it really just an illusion, this privacy? Um, and it, is it a, is it some sort of remnant of our past, uh, particularly Americans, this idea of rugged individualism yeah. that just doesn't exist anymore?
1: Because it's worth noting that the word privacy is, uh, is, some linguists consider it untranslatable into various tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, many mm-hmm. languages lack a specific word for it. Uh, and, and you end up with com- complex descriptions. Like, I believe in Russian, uh, it ends up meaning something about, uh, like basically solitude. Um, uh, and the, the original, our word, our English word privacy comes from the Latin privatus. Does that sound right? Does that, that sounds good? Yeah. yeah? Um, separated from I means separated from the rest, deprived of something, um, and, uh, and and often often you know ends up having a, a legal or governmental. Uh, use
0: right, and and when we live in communities, we always know that there's some sort of trade off for living in a community and being supported in a community, right? right. Like you're not just no man, no man is an island unto himself, right? And, and if he is, he might be the Unabomber, right?
1: Right. Well, yeah, and it 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 goes in it spills over into the whole issue of like libel and, uh suits and slander. You know, mm-hmm. who can be slandered? Who can be libel? Like different different law, different rules apply. Uh, you know, if you're a private citizen or if you're a public servant or mm-hmm. if you're a you know I you know a, a top tier celebrity so um it it varies greatly depending on who you are and how how out there you are in the world
0: yeah and I wanted to read just a little bit more too um concerning this illusion of privacy. He talks about a worldwide civilization when the borders are gone um, which I think is very interesting right because mm-hmm. uh, so much of our lives are being played out online. So more on that on another email, he says. But uh in your everyday life, you, the car you drive, the gadgets you use, the clothes you wear, the way that you dress your kids, what you do for a living, even the way that you walk, the way you comb your hair, they all give away the story of who you are, but that's fine. It is the way that information is supposed to be, free. Information is valuable, but it's not a physical thing. It baffles me why people want to treat it as if it was building vaults for it, restricting access to it, when the fact is that the more information flows, the easier it is to keep it safe.
1: Well, one could make that argument.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And and he does. He goes on to the argument and talking about the sort of transparency in society, I mean, even surveillance, right, Right. Um, cameras, that if if we know that we're being taped, if we know we're being looked at, that we're not necessarily going to do things um, outside of the law. Right. So again, interesting, interesting fodder here because I understand what he's saying. There's so much of ourselves that we're already revealing, mm-hmm. um, and yet, and yet it feels like, for me personally, that if it's being used for consumption purposes for for businesses, that it doesn't feel like uh, maybe part of the bargain that that I was hoping for.
1: Right. I can't help but think of like old, uh, you know, the old biblical and, uh, and, you know, accounts of, say, like Adam and Eve, where it's like they live in this perfect society when they're naked. But then when you introduce, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, sin and all, they uh, suddenly they have to cover up. They have to use leaves. They have to. Yeah. It's like the birth of privacy. And uh, and so there's this I, I can definitely understand the idea of, you know, if there are no, you know, if everybody's naked in, you know, an informational sense, mm-hmm. then uh, there wouldn't be any issues, you know, because what are you going to what are you going to hide? Right. Uh, how you know, is someone yeah. going to use it against you? You know, you can't be blackmailed, right? That's the, in like any movie about blackmail, it's like, that's always, seems to be one of the options on the table. It's like, well, I'm just going to come clean about this political scandal before someone can blackmail me or, you know, and it robs right. the blackmailer of their power.
0: Well, and even WikiLeaks, right? Right. Um, which is, it's been pretty illuminating information. Um, and, and so many people would argue that this is necessary, right? Uh, yeah, to keep government Yeah, a lot of people do
1: make that argument.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and I just to to bring up the naked analogy too. I was sort of thinking to myself, well, why do I have a problem with um, with privacy or the, what I perceive of as the lack of privacy, right? In in our technological days, um, because I don't have anything to hide. I have a. I lead a pretty mundane life, but I think it's still well, that's
1: exactly what a person with a, a dark history would say on a podcast.
0: Sure, they would. Yeah, yeah I don't know what you're talking about. My <laughs> name is Julie Douglas. Okay. Um but you know, but I, it's that idea yeah again and 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 so for me, it's this question of is it just like this antiquated American idea of individualism that you know that is uh, melting away as Oscar talks about uh, civilization a worldwide one where bo- the borders are gone
1: right yeah well, I mean then there are there are also plenty of issues uh, like 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 how far do you take privacy? it's like uh you know there's that old adage uh, which is thankfully. Disappearing in the United States, but the whole uh, the whole thing of like, well, what a person does in the privacy of their own their own bedroom is their mm-hmm. business, and and generally that brings with it the assumption that 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 whatever is going on doesn't need to be known, and that if it were known, there might be uh, some sort of uh, repercussions for it, you know? Right. So, um,
0: I guess the really like the mystery is gone. Yeah,
1: you know? but but it's also it's like the idea that privacy like Oscar's argument that the more the, the less privacy there is and the more the information is free flowing mm-hmm. the safer we are but the clearly history and even in in modern times there are plenty of, of situations where privacy saves human lives and makes human lives safe in uh, uh in societies or under governments that are less tolerant or just completely intolerant of different ways of life different right. political uh, ideologies um you know, it becomes necessary for us to hide from one another because sometimes the eyes that are looking, uh, you know, are, are powered by nefarious brains.
0: Okay, so that is, I think, a really interesting point and a good way to talk about the Patriot Act. Yes. Right? Uh, we sort of debated about whether or not we would talk about it, but at the end of the day, this is a really good example of, of why privacy matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for everybody... Um, just a little reminder about the Patriot Act that, you know, after 9-11, it brought sweeping changes to the way the government accesses and utilizes information about private citizens. Yeah. Um, it's been criticized as undermining civil liberties, particularly parts of the counter surveillance
1: law. Right. How easy it is to get wiretaps and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to get a court order. Um, The FBI can also search telephone, email and financial records without a court order. Um, And. The problem here is that it can those that that sort of wide latitude can be used outside of the context in which it was originally meant for. Right. Right. I mean, it's supposed to be to go after terrorists. But um, and then, you know, you do have the FBI saying up until 2005. No, it's never been abused. OK, so now you have other reports that have surfaced um from this is from first amendment Center.org, new york times and business week they all reported on this that it's that actually the patriot act has been used outside of its original context to remove homeless people from train stations to pursue drug rings and to collect financial data on random visitors to las vegas uh. we, yeah so that is random there um so you know already and we know um have a human mind works and historically how we have behaved and when you have that sort of what i think in this case is 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 an unbalance here right of power Mm -hmm. that it can be used very readily against people and as you say if you know thankfully we live in the united states and at least we we think that we live in a society in which our privacy and our individual rights are respected but you know still there's gray area there and certainly there are other countries in which, uh, people are not treated as, as fairly.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, like the the period of McCarthyism wasn't that long ago when, uh, when, oh, right. you know, digging around to find the evidence of uh, communism in people's past and people becoming blacklisted, um,
0: all of Hollywood.
1: Yeah. And, um, and at risk of sounding like, uh, you know, some sort of a radical it's, it's uh, anytime a government is given power, anytime that people hand over power to a government, mm-hmm. uh, Generally, it's a little naive to expect the government then to hand that power back over when they're done uh, with one particular goal or another, especially if that goal is something, say, like defeating terrorism or, mm-hmm. you know, or or winning the war on drugs or something that is is largely unattainable anyway.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, you got that's those are the things that we need to consider when looking at privacy. Um and I do like Oscar's idea that it's it's beneficial you know, that there's we are going to obey the better angels of our nature and use it the right ways. Um I do think there's that possibility, but we have already seen, as I as I talked about, that it's been used outside of its context. At least the Patriot Act has, and uh, it, we will never know the far ranging effects of the Patriot Act until much later. Uh, right. a, a lot of that is because even the reports have been filed; much of it has been redacted. So you can, if you're if you go to look at that report, you might be able to see that the subject was a female or a male, but pretty much everything else is going to be blacked out. So right. it's hard to say when you have a government that's not being fully transparent itself. And, right. of course, they will say, you know, we need to do that for security reasons. And, you know, there's an angle there that that is relevant. Um, but I think what is interesting to me about the Patriot Act and uh, where we as a society sort of came into our technological, uh, I don't know, what would you say, like our maturity, maybe? Okay. Um, these things seem to have dovetailed at the same time. Right, so after nine eleven, uh, you had the Patriot Act, and you also had people using the internet in unprecedented numbers and sharing information. Right,
1: our, our personal lives flowing onto it. Yeah. Um, like I mean, I I remember when I first got on MySpace. Um, you, you young listeners may not remember MySpace, but uh, but it existed, <laughs> and I think still does if you're a band or something. Yeah, you can uh, still visit it. Yeah. Uh, but but I remember it, it felt like this frontier where it was like. It was just a whole bunch of young people who wanted to hang out or date each other, you know? So you didn't really think about, well, I you know, who all this information you're putting out there and and then uh, and then later you realize, wow, that was really stupid of me. I, you know, like the, the <laughs> like the we, we we just talked in another podcast, the Cyber Immortality, one, yeah. about how we're different people. The person I was a year ago isn't who I am now, and mm-hmm. the person a year from now uh, isn't who I am now.
0: Certainly your MySpace person isn't right. definitely not the same person you are now.
1: Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's like the MySpace you from 10 years ago wasn't concerned with how about getting a job somewhere mm-hmm. necessarily or, or, you know, or, or, or what his or her, you know, political opinions or social opinions at the time uh, were compared to what they might be at, you know, a decade later. Mm-hmm. So. Um. So, so, so it's interesting to see how that's changed. Like, I feel like uh, a, a lot of us are like that. Where, where the internet, what the internet is, uh, has uh, has changed in that time, and then who we are has have, has changed. Mm-hmm. But uh, to a certain extent, a lot of the data we put out there—they say it's like putting information in, in a in a, on the internet is like uh, putting pee in a swimming pool. There's <laughs> no not really a good way to get it out uh, again. Yeah, uh, you can't yeah. really delete anything. This presentation is brought to you by Intel, sponsors of Tomorrow.
0: Well, and what I was thinking, too, is because of the Patriot Act dovetailing with our uh, increased involvement with the Internet, is it? Is it on a subconscious level? Of course, we don't have any scientific data to back this up. But so this is just a question. But um, is it on some level? Was that sort of when we lost our privacy virginity? Hmm. You know, like we had a lot of us were very fearful at the time. And um, certainly we know that the government was able to pass the act because of that. Um, there was a juggernaut of emotion. Yeah. Following 9-11. Um, and so. And we all know that we act irrationally when we're controlled by fear. That Our brain makes different decisions. So once we sort of handed over the reins that way, at least symbolically, if not everybody was affected by the Patriot Act, did we then sort of say, OK, and then we're on this thing called the Internet and we're exchanging all of this information. And it's really neat. You yeah. know, it's it's uh it's OK for me because I feel like I'm getting something in return. I'm getting this instant gratification.
1: Yeah, it's like in the. It's, it's like the, you know, the, the the revelation that oh, the the government's all up in my business. You know, you get used to that idea, and then uh, you know it comes along and the phone company's like, hey, we want to know where you are at all times, and you're like, yeah oh, all right. I mean, the phone's pretty cool. I can play uh, Scrabble on it and uh, right. <laughs> and and use the map system to figure out where I am in in Austin, Texas, because I don't know if we would have made it to the uh, the live. Uh, recording. Or, oh yeah, well, no. no, we wouldn't have made it to the coffee shop and then back had it not.
0: Been yeah, we literally smartphone. took out your iPhone and we're yeah. following the dot as we were. Uh, yeah, so uh, going maybe to I, you know,
1: I take that as the the the, the, the comforting bribe, but. I'm giving up something uh, in the process.
0: Well, it's interesting, too, that, that you're talking about the iPhone because there um there is a German Green Party politician. His name is Malte Spitz, and he went to court to find out what his cell phone company, Deutsche Telekom, knew about his comings and goings because he was just sort of interested Right. about what sort of information they were amassing. He found out that in a six-month period from August 31st, 2009 – To February 8th, 2010, Deutsche Telekom had recorded and saved his longitude and latitude coordinates more than 35,000 times. Wow. Um, It traced him from a train on the way to Erlangen at the start of the day and then through the following night uh, when he was back home in Berlin. So oftentimes this will happen they'll they'll take the coordinates just because they're uh, the signal is sort of being rebooted but when they looked at this case that that wasn't it it was um just randomly sort of tracking his coordinates um which begs the question what do they want with all that data right you know what what's uh and obviously they can say well maybe he went here and there and we can give this to marketing firms and uh, better pinpoint his interests and translates to bigger dollars that's a possibility but it's it's still sort of interesting how and all the legalese that we sign off on with our contracts for cell phones or even you know for downloading an application there there's um we're sort of giving away that right to our privacy when it comes to that
1: yeah that giant wall of text that comes with any uh uh, system contract or device contract yeah i mean who reads that I think I heard one, like, uh, one, uh, NPR story about a, a, a guy who, who read, or maybe it was a woman who, who read the contract, but it's because for a living they write those contracts. Right. But do normal yeah. people actually, you know, leaf through those? It seems like you'd, no. uh, you'd reach a fatigue point about one paragraph in.
0: Well, I mean, that's, that's the whole point of legalese, I think, right? Yeah. Is to, to fatigue you to the point where you're like, oh, fine, I'll just, I'll yeah. just sign off.
1: By paragraph 6 it's talking about like the river of the soul and <laughs> and uh and bounding the spirit to to objects and things like that. And, right,
0: yeah. Um, and you're like, I can't, you know, river of the soul, I just want this application." Yeah. <laughs> um so, I mean, it, it comes down to that sort of idea of who does own our identity then. Um and particularly as we begin to store more and more data about ourselves, cloud computing and otherwise, uh you know, how is that Going to be played out in twenty years, or you know, we forever going to be tethered to a company that owns our online uh projection of ourselves?
1: Yeah, because I mean, typically these companies have to sort of play PR niceties when when talking about this, uh, about who owns the information, or they kind of skirt around the issue. Mm-hmm. But but in, in the end, like take something like Flickr. You know, you, you put a lot yeah. of your life onto a Flickr account. Uh, I mean to the point where like if you if you own a Flickr account and you were to die like the the Flickr account would kind of be a an online um memorial to mm-hmm. you you know and you, you you might want that to live on or you might want that to live on for someone that you you knew and uh yeah who owns that who owns your your profile with all your 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 thoughts and well, details and correspondences
0: and if you are deceased do you uh any longer have rights to those photos can they be used by someone else yeah yeah uh, so it sort of brings up some good questions about that. I wanted to talk a little bit, too, about when you're talking about MySpace and, and, you know, who who you were then, who you are now, and the, these different iterations of yourself that exist. Right. Uh, Google CEO Eric Schmidt predicts that every young person one day will be entitled automatically to change his or her, her name on reaching adulthood in order to disown youthful hijinks stored <laughs> on their friends' social media sites. Uh, so... Here you go. I mean, this, this idea that, you know, companies might sprout up to actually whitewash your identity. Yeah. Is very possible. It has been talked about in the industry.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, kind of like uh, this idea that it's like, all right, the, the 30 year old me needs to get this new job. I need to hire somebody to kill the 20 year old me. Who's right. Still out there on the internet, looking like a total goofus.
0: Well, and think about the fifteen-year-old today. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about the sort of information the fifteen-year-old has, and assume that the the fifteen-year-old is very open with with whatever information yeah, that because, she's going to share. Yeah, because
1: that's the thing. Uh, for a lot of us, like you say, I was talking about when suddenly the internet was here, and like for a for a for a large number of us, we remember that time. We didn't grow up with the internet. It just right. came into our lives like this. Mysterious Piper with a bunch of rats following him, you know? <laughs> right. And, uh, and we followed him, uh, and, uh, and it's been a, a weird experience ever since, but other people have, have been born and grown up, uh, uh in the, the Piper's, uh, under the Piper's spell. So, uh, so they have a totally different idea of what privacy is and what it should be yeah,
0: and and that makes me think about Sherry Turkle, uh, who has written a lot about technology and our relationship to it, and she makes that point. She says, just because we grew up in the internet does not mean that it is grown up does not mean <laughs> that it it is fully formed now, right um and it's still the Wild West in many ways in terms of legalities. Uh, and, and even sort of the way that we interacted, uh, psychologically. Right. Um, but again, this 15 year old, I mean, five years from now, what might we know about her? You know, I mean, think about all the different ways that we can collect data on her. We, Google Earth, we can see where she lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we know her Facebook status, um, Twitter, Foursquare, uh, her blog missives. Right. So we have access to her thoughts, po- you know, possibly. Uh, you know, maybe what she just purchased and where. Her coordinates, her, her IQ, her SAT scores, her grades, her, does she have a criminal record? I don't know. Her medical records. Which
1: X-Man she would be, according to her <laughs> Right, right,
0: right. And think about that. I mean, that is, that's a lot of layer of detail. Um, and, you know, would, what kind of control would she have in five yeah. years over that?
1: Or in like, you know, 30 years from now, she's running for public office and someone's like, she was on Team Edward <laughs> back in the Twilight days. Do you want to vote for somebody who was on Team Edward?
0: Right, I yeah. know, because that is how fickle us human beings are, yeah. right? We might look at that and go, oh god, no, totally not Team Edward. Um, so that kind of makes me think about the future of data mining, uh, especially for, for younger generations, uh, who have been accused of oversharing. Um, and again, to go back to Google CEO Eric Schmidt, um, this is from an article, Google and the search for the future from the Wall Street Journal. He says, I actually think most people don't want Google to answer their questions. He elaborates. They want Google to tell them what they should be doing next. And then he gives a scenario. Let's say you're walking down the street. Okay. Walking. Walking. Here we are. All right. Because of the info Google has collected about you, we know roughly who you are, roughly what you care about, who your friends are. Google also knows uh, to within a foot where you are. And... uh, Mr. Schmidt then leaves it to a listener to imagine the possibilities. If you need milk and there's a place nearby to get milk, Google will, will remind you to get milk.
1: Google knows you need milk before you know that you need milk. Knows it from yeah. your
0: list, right? Yeah. Uh, it will tell you a store ahead has a collection of horse racing posters that you like, uh, <laughs> that a 19th century murder that you've been reading about took place on the next block. So, uh,
1: Are these the things that really come up? For you like no. I mean I know you have Jack the Ripper uh, fascination oh, yeah, but yeah, is no, it also horse posters
0: no no this okay. is just in mr. Schmidt's this oh, at okay. this uh, right. scenario I thought it was from you. the article okay. no 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 I don't have any horse poster <laughs> fetish. Um, but Mr. Schmidt says that uh, a, a generation of powerful handheld devices is just around the corner that can fulfill this need. And they can be adept at surprising you with information that you didn't even know that you wanted. Wow. So uh, this is the point where maybe you cease to actually think about things and are told or suggested about what to do.
1: So Google comes in. Basically, they say not only w- was free will an illusion before, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and completely dispel it. And uh, and just take over all your decision making. Free
0: will and privacy are an illusion. Uh, Sorry about that, but hey, here's you need some bread, so you might as well pick that up with your milk. Yeah. So I mean, it does. It's uh, we still can't answer the question: is Is it a fair trade off what we're doing right now, the information that we're sharing? Um, but it does make me wonder if we're sort of opening our digital veins a bit too much and letting the information flow.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how privacy evolves or changes uh, in the uh, years ahead. I mean, maybe it reaches the point where we just we ha- we end up having to have a, a, a different view of it from a very early age, you know, where your mom mm-hmm. takes you aside and says, all right, this is the kind of stuff you blog about or whatever it is uh, by that point. And this is the kind of stuff that is that is completely private. Maybe there becomes this this just more of an emphasis on the right. separation. I right. don't
0: know. And I mean we've already uh absorbed much of this mindset anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it maybe it's not too big of a deal. Um maybe we aren't necessarily eroding our civil liberties or, or our privacy. Um but I again I think that Oscar brings up a really good uh point about that. And especially the point about how since we're in the middle of this, we we actually need to look at it um and know that it's not actually fully formed and think about it. So thank you, Oscar.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, I have uh, some email from another couple of individuals whose last names will be withheld for privacy reasons. First, we have one from Mark Anthony. And Mark Anthony writes, how is it, y'all? Uh, they wrote it right out y'all. That's right. All right. Um, like the podcast, lots of food for thought. Just like to comment on your podcast about audio hallucinations. I used to live in Alaska after my parents dragged me up there as a child. I would chop wood and watch the aurora borealis in the extremely long winters. In that super quiet environment, laying back in the snow, I would, off, I would hear music often as I gazed up at the sky. I've heard that this is a common occurrence among people who have seen the aurora. Can you shed some light on this, or did I just have a bad case of cabin fever? Oh, the music was always some uh, symphonic classical stuff, which I enjoy, but I listened to metal. Uh, at, at the time, a lot of thrash. Strange. So that's interesting.
0: Well, I kind of wondered too—is that during a period of twenty-four-hour daylight in Alaska? Yeah. Because everything I ever learned about Alaska is from Al Pacino and the movie in which he went nuts, or someone went nuts oh, because insomnia. they were—is
1: that what it is? It's okay. insomnia. It's a remake of, uh, of a European film, which is, in my opinion, far superior. Well, the well, original stars uh, Stellan Skarsgård and has a lot more shades of gray in terms of the characters.
0: Don't even get me started on La Femme Nikita and then the yeah. bastardization of that and in the american version but yes so uh, i don't know that that's the question i have you know oh. what were the what were the other circumstances surrounding that but i do think it's very interesting that well i've that. seen
1: the aurora borealis uh if i remember i'm told i've seen the aurora borealis that's the thing because i was a, a child in in newfoundland oh yeah and uh and i think it was when uh my mom was in the hospital uh to give birth to my uh youngest sibling um, some friends of theirs like took us out and supposedly showed us the roar about borealis. But the only thing I remember is reading a dinosaur booklet in which one dinosaur like eviscerated another one. So
0: <laughs> that is that sounds yeah. like you, Robert yeah. Lamb, as a so,
1: as a small child. But uh, yeah, I totally missed out on this, or totally it didn't make an impression on me at the yeah, time. But
0: you were like dinosaurs, evisceration, high pretty lights. Yeah, <laughs> you pale in comparison.
1: Well, maybe uh maybe a listener will. uh uh, out there will will share their similar experiences or or just you know get us straight on the whole Aurora Borealis and use it thing um, I have another one uh, here from JJ JJ says hi I'm listening to the does your dog love you podcast I was wondering why it is that we like to watch dogs and other animals play so much for that matter why do human beings love to have fun or other animals I see my dog playing all the time, and she never seems happier. She even seems to be using some type of imagination while doing it. Where does fun come from? From a strictly evolutionary standpoint, fun should serve some kind of function to pass uh, on one's genes. In that sense, it's hard to imagine fun being beneficial for us because I don't see where it accomplishes this. What do you think? Maybe this would be a good podcast. Keep up the great work.
0: Huh, very cool.
1: Yeah, well, that's uh, some interesting food for thought we may have to... uh Explore that later. I know that, uh, you know, as we discussed in that that particular podcast, um, it's fun to watch our dogs play because Mm -hmm. we have that connection with them, and it actually releases uh, um, oxytocin in the brain. That's right. And so we get this feel-good mother-infant drug coursing through our brain when we're interacting with this dog that we find adorable because it kind of sort of looks like an infant.
0: Well, also, I was thinking, too, about little kids and when they play and they have, you know, fun, I guess, Mm -hmm. in air quotes. But, um, you know, a lot of people have said that that's the way that they're working out their own creativity and also working out their their social roles.
1: So, well, we have that whole podcast on creativity. Yeah, yeah. I
0: was thinking about that, too. So it's it's maybe another way to come at problems, we know, um, through play.
1: Yeah, well, it instantly comes to mind, little boys playing... um, you know, uh, sword fights and whatever on the playground—they're—they're they're kind of uh, learning to fight in the same way that a, uh, a a kitten wrestles with things because it's kind of learning to, to kill small animals.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, um, I sort—I of, actually remember getting that as well. I mean, my brother and I would killing small play. animals. No, 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 no. Play, play, fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like an episode of Dexter. No, no. That Childhood. Um. Well, well, cool. That that's some some awesome food for thought there. And if you haven't listened to that episode and are a dog owner, uh, do check it out and give us your feedback. And if you have some feedback on this particular episode, um, and, and 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 oh, by the way, if you happen to be um, uh, Georgian or Australian, uh, I I don't mean any offense about the whole sex criminal boat thing. Uh, but yeah,
0: no, uh, he's talking about way, the way back, way days. way way back. Yeah. yeah,
1: and we all have a touch of that. In our We're
0: place. all de- like debtor's colonies and so on and yeah, so forth. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, if you have any, any cool feedback on the whole privacy thing, uh, let us know. I'd love to, I'd love to hear even just some amusing, uh, anecdotes about how your previous online self, uh, has interfered or in some way affected your current online self. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook as Blow the Mind.
0: And you can also drop us a note at Blow the Mind at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The House Works iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes.